Hey there, and welcome back to Sound Methods. My guest on the podcast today is Andy Othling, one of the most creative guitar players I know, and also one of my oldest musical friends. I first met him through direct messages and private chats on guitar gear forums way back when, and that led to an in-person friendship. We've toured together all over the country and featured in each other's music many times over the years. Andy makes music under the name Lowercase Noises, and you've probably seen one or two of his ambient sketch videos on YouTube from years gone by. These days, though, most of his work occurs off-camera. He's taken on a variety of roles in product design and consulting, if you want to call it that, for Old Blood Noise Endeavors, Chase Bliss Audio, and more. He continues to release music as well, and recently issued a beautiful collaborative record with our mutual friend Dave Mantell, who records under the name Null. Andy's workflow is centered around heavily processed guitar. Looping, resampling, and all kinds of additional treatment occurs through a MIDI-controlled pedal board that is as much an instrument itself as the guitar that he plays. We talked extensively about what led him to this workflow, what he's done in recent years to remove barriers to creativity and enjoyment, and his next steps with visual programming and projection mapping. Without further ado, Here's my interview with Andy Othling. All right, Andy Othling, welcome to Sound Methods. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Andrew. It's a pleasure. We go a long way back. I don't remember how long we've known each other at this point. Probably at least 10 years. I feel like it's longer than that. It's probably like internet people it's so wild <laughs> yeah like an internet old, friendship that turned into far more old <laughs> gear page interactions yeah i know that's yeah. like wow a blast from the past but so it was like hard to prepare for this i was trying to think of of what i could possibly ask you um to make it interesting yeah and not seem forced but i'm gonna try <laughs> so bear with me <laughs> it'll be it'll be good as long as we get to talk at least a little bit about the the first tour we did together. Oh, yeah. Um, we have to go there at least a little bit. Okay, cool. That, that is on my note sheet, so we'll definitely talk about that. Great. And great, great, great. Before we started recording, we were talking to our friend, talking about our friend uh, Dave, who's there in the room with you. And that's actually where yes. I wanted to start the conversation here, because you guys, you recently released a full-length album called An Encounter yes. with Broken Time. And yes, there are multiple questions I want to ask about this. So bear with me. I'm going to try to get them all out here. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. A, can you talk a little bit about the themes and the motivation and like the thoughts behind the album? Uh, What does that Mm -hmm. title mean specifically is one thing I want to try to wrest out of you. Um, But just like, what was the thought process that went into that effort? Um, And then B, the kind of, additional extended part of this question here is that I think if I'm not mistaken, this is your first album that you've released under your lowercase noises moniker in like four years now. I think the last one was 2019 if Bandcamp is accurate. And so I can sense that you've like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe you can elaborate on this, but I think you've like pulled back a little bit from that traditional album release cycle thing like i know you were doing some streaming for a long time you're doing a little more like unconventional Mm -hmm. ways of presenting your music so uh it's kind of like the second half of the question i'm wondering if you can elaborate on how 
you're approaching releasing your music these days um, and what has kind of changed for you and your thought process behind it? Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, I figured there, <laughs> I mean, you know, t- talking about, Oh, things, things changed after 2019. It's like, yeah, a lot of hey, stuff yep. happened immediately <laughs> after 2019. Um, and, and I mean, I, I was even thinking before this, um, like, <laughs> just ha- how much has changed like especially since since uh, i've gotten to know you like like you mentioned yeah um and, and 2020 being the uh, the literal year and even the fi- figuratively you could say the like turning point for like so so many things and like mm-hmm. uh, the the thing i was thinking about before this recording was just like i can't really talk about uh music anymore without talking about pretty much every other facet of my life. Like the, there is no longer any, uh, a boundary. Like if we're mm-hmm. going to talk about music, we're going to talk about mental health and we're going to talk about, uh, real world parenting stuff, which you are, you know, very new to, mm-hmm. um, yep. Having, having four kids that were in school uh, at the time of COVID was one of the hardest things I've had to do in my entire life. Yep. Uh, so, that that's all sort of I, I guess uh, a precursor, but I mean the main thing to to answer your question is is I just plain don't have the energy for like I mean I, except I just did release an album, but to to put together <laughs> all the material for an album and say oh, here I am to release it. I was able to do it with Dave because he's he's was physically here like literally here in this room. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, the, the impetus for that was basically like, it'd be silly if we didn't do something together because <laughs> it's like, like, we can't really give ourselves any easier way to do, do this, you know, Yeah. Uh, than to be physically li- living right there. Yep. Um, so that, that gets you over a lot of hurdles, you know, <laughs> like there's no, waiting on an email or a Dropbox upload or, or something. It's like, no, we're, we are just right here doing this thing. Um, so that, that, that's part of it, but kind of flipping back to the, the bigger picture is just like, I, well, sorry, how, how far out do I want to zoom? I mean, the, what <laughs> kind of ultimately what 2020 did to me overall was, was, uh, say, I want, I want everything to kind of get back to its, the core thing. So if I, if I'm, if I'm going to do music, like, and, and all of this is, is under the framework of what I would say is pretty severe burnout for myself. So it's just kind of like mm-hmm. with this meager amount of energy I do have, like, I'm not trying to fuck around with it. Like, I, I don't want to do something that even remotely res- is unpleasant. Um, whatever parts of this process I don't like, if I can either remove those completely, uh, do that. If not, then figure out what it takes to make that uh amenable to 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 any amount of work any amount of like effort uh and 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 that also means just uh you know system stuff like desk setup stuff like you know having to focus a lot on what environment do i walk into what what can i do within just a few clicks or 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 presses and do i not do i have to plug stuff in or not Um, yeah yep so all, all, all that to say is like, a, in terms of ambient and stuff, uh, I, I find myself, uh, 
moving much more away from a traditional compositional uh, approach of, of songwriting. Um, and, and I, you know, as a re- thinking about trying to get to the root of the thing, what I like about that process is um, obviously my my musical input to the thing, but then the processing of the thing. So the after the fact, um, you know, when you're making an album, that, that means mixing, that means a lot of things that aren't that fun. Yeah. Um, but my brain really enjoys that process to an extent. So, so kind of, kind of where I've come to now is, is a place of ad- admitting to myself, like guitar pedals are, are, are my thing. Like who I'm not, I will say this, <laughs> this momentous thing on your podcast. This is an exclusive, uh, announcement breaking news. <laughs> I like, uh, guitar pedals. <laughs> I think and, uh, we're all stunned to hear that. <laughs> yeah, right. people are just going crazy. Uh, yeah, TMZ just wrote something. Uh, but uh, you know, kind of. J- so given given that, like, I there are a lot of things around, like uh, things I I would push back against about the the pedal industry or what it meant to be like a pedal guy versus a music guy. Like again, I don't have these sort of uh, boundaries between things anymore, like I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's it's really uh, to say it, I guess, sort of uh, quickly is taking things that I would do in my DAW, so in Logic or or with certain plugins, and just say, what if I could do that before it even hits the computer, mm-hmm. so that I don't have to do it on the computer? <laughs> um, and really, it's just it's it's just a matter of like getting to a point where I'm like, yeah, I could, the thing I want to do, like, I, there's a couple different ways I could do it. What's just the most fun. And like, there's no other, there's no other, uh, qualifier other than that. And like this, uh, the, the pedals and stuff, it, it's, again, it's not, it's not just the pedals, it's friendships I've gained with people in the industry, the people, you know, I know most of the people who make most of the things on my pedal board and I have actual relationships with them. And that's just like insane. So, Yep. Um, it, it, a lot of it has, has turned into more than one thing. So, um, the, the other kind of part of it is, is the, the generative or sort of autonomous part of it where I've sort of separated out, like, oh, I'd like to play a little bit into my looper, um, which is in the front of all these pedals and then, and then spend the rest of my time focusing on like, well, what, what kind of crazy things can I do here to completely obliterate the loop I made and, and have it come back together as, as something cohesive, yeah. not only musically, but like sonically, like it's, it's got some EQ in the right places. It's got some compression and loudness stuff going on. Like, mm-hmm. and, and there's stuff happening on my interface virtually such that when it gets into the DAW, it's like, if I didn't want to, I, I could, I could not touch it at all. Um, <clears throat> so that's, I feel maybe hopefully that's the long answer to your question yeah no i th- your, your two-part yeah question. no that's great i i think it kind of because the album for the for the uninitiated and obviously i'll i'll link to yes. it you know with, oh yeah i didn't talk stuff. about the meaning we can go yeah it, and definitely like it feel free to like um you know jump in and add to what i'm about to say here but like listening to it it does feel more like present like it really sounds to me and as someone having toured with you multiple times and having seen you play and like the way that you work, like to me, it feels like 
you in the room. Um, it, there's like a, a little more immediacy yeah. to it. There's like less, there's less, and this isn't meant to be a slight or anything, but it feels like there's less production t- behind it. And like, it is like a, yeah. a more authentic kind of a product, at least to my ear. Um, I don't know if you would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, no, I do. I do completely. And that, and that's, and that's intentional. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when Dave and I kind of laid, were thinking about what to do, I was just like, you know, c- coming into it with this same, and I've been coming into pretty much everything in my life with, with this, uh, my, whatever this is, this mindset of like, well, let's, given what I know about myself and Dave knows about himself, like what, what can we actually do with our energy levels and, and what would be the most fun? So, yeah. um, like I, I was leaning into the, the processing part where it's like the one thing I just had, and we did this all over the record is just sampling into that primal tap plugin messing. You got four, you got three other octave ranges to check out there. You can shorten it, lengthen it, like, uh, do, do a warble to it. Like I do that all over the place on that record. Mm-hmm. And it's like what, I mean, what ends up happening when, when, or at least what happened for us when we opened up that. Uh, when we basically told ourselves it's okay, <laughs> it's yeah. just like there's sounds on that record that are like you're you're hearing the fourth sampling of it. It's like <laughs> oh yeah, that was a track that was recorded that was then put into Primal Tap that was sampled, but then repitched and put into a a, a VSS thirty and then back, right. you right. know. And um, I it's it's it's. It's the pro. It's the most mysterious process I've ever done. To <laughs> meaning that I can't, as much as anything else, go back and be like, "Well, yeah, are we, you know, I, I, I can't more rigidly say this is exactly what we did. Like, it's just like, God, what would be? And sometimes things would be like, what would be the worst thing to do to this? <laughs> like, as a joke, kind of like, wouldn't it be crazy? Like, oh, it sounds. It seems to sound better as we put this thing down. Like, go octave down two down like well that seems to get better but let's try uh like four octaves up <laughs> just to see something like the exact opposite of what is what is happening that is good even um and and there as as you as you seem to key in on there there are many many things in those songs that are just like uh oh that was some automation i didn't know was there or like there's one part where i was dave was like oh can you mess with the modulation on the primal tap while it's recording and i'm like yeah i think Mm -hmm. so and i fuck with the knob and like that's in there because it's it's (laughs) and and we would move it and and place that stuff so like so that it actually would sound somewhat fitting right that there are a lot of things like that on that record yeah that's i i love that um i mean it definitely comes across like as someone who's listened to your music for a long time now it it does feel like that for sure and that takes me into another point that I wanted to segue into with the next question is that I can remember, I mean, I can remember listening to your early stuff um, and it's like really beautifully arranged and sounds like a, you know, a really beautiful like product, you know? And, and then I can remember when we did our tour together in December of 2022, we did that, those couple of shows and instead of that material, like you did improvise live sets every <laughs> night. Um, and I remember talking yeah. about this, you know, like as it was happening and like in the van and stuff, but 
everything was improvised. I know you had like the the scripted um, AI voice <laughs> that was running as part of that. Yeah. And, you know, I think that oh might have gosh. been like the only pre-considered part of the, the show. And so I'm wondering, was that like yeah. a conscious thing you wanted to do? And you talked about it a little bit, like uh, lightening your mental load, I guess, but was like the decision to go into an yeah, improvised yeah, yeah. live set uh, like a very conscious choice on your part, or was that just like due to like time crunch? I don't have time to prepare that kind of a thing or like, I how, mean, yeah. What's the balance I, there? The, I mean, the real, the real answer. And again, <laughs> this is, this is me answering a music question by starting with a mental health thing. But uh, w one of the things that I've learned about myself through my wife, who is learning from our children and we're both learning from our children, but my wife is, is, is the nucleus of the whole thing. Um, but it, a, a really helpful label uh, that I've found from the, the community is, is PDA. So pa meaning pathological demand avoidance. Um, and it's, it sounds ridiculous at first. You're like, Oh, a medical way to describe someone who doesn't want to do what they're told is basically what it is. Um, and it, it's also described as like this pervasive drive for, autonomy that's another way to do pda um so it, it means it means this radical need to it to to my own detriment uh to not do what is asked of me <laughs> <laughs> um and so kind of framing it in that way feels really ridiculous at first because it's like well no that's a that's like a moral thing that's like a behavior you know you, you need to work on that and but uh uh, you know, over the years and kind of through a, a burnout period that I would say I'm still in, um, it, the real answer is it is, it is a combination of those things because it, it feels like all I could have done and could, can do now is, is present a, a live show that is improvised because, mm -hmm. um, the way I used to do it is just not physically, mentally tenable to me. I, you know, I spent like a month, uh, getting this whole and i'm really proud of of what i did like I, i'm not saying like oh that was wrong or bad but it's just like i had such high expectations which i met but the cost the cost was like this just such anxiety like such like you know one of these things where there's like a hard deadline coming up where like people are paying money they want to see something cool and i'm just yeah like, yeah you know putting together the visual part of it and and rehearsing it because like if i if i mess up this loop yep and, and this is also me like performing songs that are previously released which you know it was interesting listening to marcus in your first episode talk about mm -hmm. you know the difference between uh stage and studio which um again is is another place where what's happening is me kind of blurring the lines so i'm ultimately this is all about uh, you know, you mentioned that the streaming thing, like I, I did that for six months on Twitch and like people really loved coming and just listening to the board go like the, the, <laughs> the, the least I did, the, the, the more, uh, what's was the freaking best way to say it? The, the, uh, the smallest amount of stuff I did ended up best, like mm. the least amount of change, the least amount of, uh, input, you know? Uh, and so, and then being like, oh, people still like this and i like this you know i i'm sitting here as an audience member of the thing yeah and i'm enjoying that um so so yeah it, knowing those things about myself 
meant when you said, oh, we're going to do these this little tour in 2022. I'm like, okay, well, this is what I do now. So it's really all I have to offer. Um, and, you know, I knew that wouldn't be an issue, but it's just kind of like, this just is what it is. Yeah, for me. totally. And it's, re- it's really interesting, um, again, because thinking back, uh, like at the start here, we talked about the first tour that we did together. We've done... I, mm-hmm. Again, I I feel like I'm talking like like an insider here, so I apologize for people listening. But like, just to s- set the I stage know. here, Andy and I have toured together. I, me with Hotel Neon, he has lowercase noises. We have toured together. I think um, at least two times, probably more, um, under this uh, Slow Spaces title where we did living room shows across the country. We did one tour up the West coast. We did one through the Midwest. Um, and it was intentionally eschewing traditional venues and bar type of spaces. Like we would, um, you know, walk into people's homes and play a show in the basement, but it was all extremely well thought through. Like there was a, there was like a, like an intake form where people could sign up to host these shows and there were certain expectations for the hosts. And I get pictures, show us a picture, please before. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We had a, and we had a, a, like a PA ready to go and set up a consistent setup to deploy at every one of these shows. We we didn't require anything of the hosts other than their house and an electrical outlet. Right. Exactly. And I, have a note on my thing here that I wanted to ask you about, because I think back on those shows that we did and like, I still, to this day, I think that was such a valuable experience, especially as some of the first tours that I ever did. Um, like I, all of the work that you did to like manage all that, consolidate (laughs) the PA system, all the mixing was done remotely on an iPad in the back of the room. And like, we could do each other sets. It was like such a, as yeah. someone who loves process and efficiency and like order, like it just made my brain happy. It was like a great <laughs> <I know>. experience. <laughs> um, well, and that, I, that <laughs> I, feel, you know, I feel the exact same about it. And, and that's another thing looking back. I'm like, Oh, it, it makes so much sense because I, the reason I even had the drive to set all that stuff up um, was because I was just like, I know when I get out there, I'm not going to want to deal with anything like the tour just like wipes me out and it still does. And I still love it, you know, whatever. Um, But it's just like, I, I want to deal with any, as much as I can possibly think of, I want to remove any variables. So I, even before this, I'd played enough shows. uh, You know, Marcus mentioned it too. It's like where you don't know what the sound system is like. And it's just like, man, I, I am, the way I come across, it's only through the PA speakers. So if they're bad, it sounds bad, and I have zero control over that. And that makes me, as the PDA guy, that makes me furious. So yeah, when I yeah. when I'm able to be like, hey, I've got a completely controlled audio visual thing that I can bring into a place and do, and like, and, and not have to ask anything of them because so <laughs> many times people are like, oh my god, I would love to just give you whatever you need. We'll do it, blah blah blah. And you're like, okay, well I need. PA, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, they don't do it or they, they yeah. don't understand what yeah. a good one is. Or it's just so just to be, just to figure out like, man. And, and that whole, those whole tours only 
happened because of conversations that we had. Like it's not, it wasn't just, just me being like, here, I've got this cool rig. It was us being like kind of collaboratively, like, well, what, what would make sense? And, right. and, and like, how much can we share so that we don't have to bring two of a thing, you know? Right. Um, right. Like, you know, and, and, you know, after that tour, you, you guys invested in, in the same gear so that mm-hmm. ultimately when I went over to the East coast, it was like, oh, I, I just loaded my Behringer XR18 scene onto yours and then it's good to go. And you swap them between sets and like, that, you know, that's, that's so cool. That's exactly. So cool. And yeah, like we've, you know, we've like simplified it since those days. Um, like we moved on from the XR18 yeah. thing down to just a Motu ultralight and, yeah. you know, thankfully technology has gotten better so that connections are more stable and things like that. But yeah, to your point, yep, yep. I mean, we took a lot from that and actually even to this day, the shows that we play are kind of built around that same setup where we can reliably play a, a set regardless of like the setting or the circumstance. As long as we've got like a power ship to plug into, we can be relatively confident that it'll sound the same, but it's or not, not the same, but sound as good night after night. Yes. And yeah. it, it's just wonderful to be able to, to see a sound man light up when you're like, no, nah, I just got a stereo XLR for you. <laughs> That's it. And they're like, you, do you need monitors? And you're like, nope. Right. They're like, this is all like so many times they're like, all right, cool. I could do this. This is yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so like, I say all this, I like, I bring up that story and, and talk about all this stuff because I do think that, and you know, for those listening, you can't see this, but behind Andy in the shot here is his pedal board <laughs> behind him. And it is truly like, yeah. like a, a beautifully thought out instrument in and of itself. Like, you know, the ma- yes. the matrix mixing that you do, you kind of talked about it with the process behind the latest album where you wanted to focus on the processing, yeah. let a loop go and then kind of shape that as like the primary sound yep. source. Um, I don't, don't want to ask too open of a question here, but I'm curious if you can like talk us through how you've laid that out, like at least in its current iteration and like yeah. how long did it take for you to go through that process like you just seem to have a very methodical organized mind to think through. Like, I mean, the live setup is one thing. This pedal board is another, yeah. like the way that you approach the technology and the, the equipment behind your music seems to just be so well thought out. And I'm curious, like how long it took you to get to that place. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, looking back on all this stuff, it's like, uh, so I, I mean, one, I thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. That's a nice thing to say. But I, I will say in response to that, like the organization and and uh, you know thought process behind these things is is present in in this space, but not in all spaces in my life. Yeah, yep. and that's because this is this is purely uh, interest based. Because when I still to this day, when I do this, um, and you know, I, I was I've been talking to my wife and my therapist about this lately well it's like you know what what are the things that when i'm doing it i it sounds so insane to say this right now but like (laughs) what are the things that make me not look at my phone or or like just (laughs) empty out my mind what what are the things that get me like in the zone or or whatever you want to call it and it's like it's not a very long list at at this (laughs) time for me but still one of them is 
getting some loops in the looper and, and like just working with this system. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then, uh, being, being done when that part is done. Like, like the thing is, I, my, my input to it is even done once I press stop or, or stop recording. Like, uh, so to me, it's, it's like the, the best of uh, all worlds, but to, to get to the board itself, like I still, I still hold to or kind of see it as like, oh, I, I'm not, I'm not doing guitar into pedal board into amp and then into microphone into uh DAW and then you mix it. So it sounds good with all the other stuff. It's like, no, mm-hmm. uh, I, the pedal board is the, is the DAW to me. And so I, I, there are parts of the board where I'm like, oh, this, this is like a, honestly more like a a mixer mastering tool mm. so that the output at the end of this is again the most like finished sounding thing it could possibly be so a lot of things that have become really crucial to me are kind of like not exciting like like <laughs> the matrix mixer is is kind of exotic but it, i wouldn't say it's exciting at all because as soon as you start describing to someone how you use it or what you do with it you know I mean, my brain broke the first time I tried to use it and understand what I could do with it. Right. Um, right. So, like, I get it. But, and then, like, the, the Condor EQ, which is like uh, immediately after the Matrix Mixer. So, like, three, three parallel loops get summed together in the Matrix Mixer. And the first thing after it is uh, the Condor EQ. So, I'm like, oh, I can sweeten up the high end. I can cut some lows if it, and, and like cut out some. Uh, mud in the middle like that's what i use it for um <laughs> yeah and then it hits a compressor which is to like the compressor is there so like if i got some you know resonant peaks or something's getting a little too loud like it's it's a little contained yep and then and then after that it's like oh we're going to like master bus plugins kind of like oh this oh, got, oh and now we're going stereo like so there's a you know get the stereo verbs and stuff but sure that that's kind of uh, an overview of, of the process and you know I, over the years it's funny to see like you know, starting to use a looper pedal it's like you uh, at least i always started by putting it at the end of the chain it's like of course i'd want to mm-hmm. record my my sounds that i've built and, and layer them right that's what you want to do um but, but over over the years i feel like my i just kept moving my looper up or well, one adding more different types of loopers to the setup but then moving the the primary like you know pristine one like from the end to the beginning really and and now i see it as like th- this is ultimately like a replacement for me like i'm i'm storing bits of myself and that sort of uh you know i you know i i like that i have a sound i don't i can't really describe what it is but i I do have one, I think, and I and I like that. And so if I can just throw a little bit of that into the looper and then it still comes through and sounds like me, like that's that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And like there's that's like um it's it's just like a, a I guess a f- more frictionless experience for me in terms of ultimately getting at the core of the thing, which is I'd like to play my guitar and have a good time, (laughs) Uh, you know, and, 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 and enjoy what is coming back into my ears. Like that's the entirety of what I'm trying to accomplish there. And and again, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of it is uh, being like, yeah, I I am, I am the creator of this thing, but I'm also the audience of the thing. Like I'm not, I'm not really interested in 
a process where I'm not also part of the audience. And, and so yeah. that that's that's a weird requirement to have because I I love one of my favorite things is just sitting back and my brain <laughs> is just keyed into the sound and be like, oh, you know, that's happening because this thing all like, oh, these two things are happening at the same time. That's really interesting. Uh, and, and it's it satisfies my brain to the point where I'm like, I'm I'm hearing things I enjoy. I'm proud of what I'm hearing because it's me. Um, and, and I, I am, my brain is endlessly tracking the complicated things that are happening in, in this process here. So I, I'm like, that's one of those moments where I'm, I'm fully kind of satisfied in my brain. And that's, again, I'm like, that's, that's a, that's a short list yeah. of things that <laughs> do that. So, yeah. I mean, in the recent shows that we've, we've played together, I, I mean, you, you prop the board up in front of you. It's like, it, it's there. Like it's an instrument. Yeah, it's, I'm not it's on the like, floor yeah, anymore. It's yeah. like an integral, you know, part of the stage and all that. And there are definitely, I mean, there are moments during the show where you will, you know, quite literally just step back from it and kind of let it go and do its thing. And yeah. I love that as someone who like, it feels like <laughs> huge anxiety to like, look like I'm, doing stuff i think this is like probably something that a lot of like yeah. electronic quote-unquote ambient quote-unquote musicians can relate to is like <laughs> like yeah. you want to especially when yeah. you're playing a show and like there are people in front of you you want to like give the impression that like no i i do have talent and like i am doing something here you know yeah. <laughs> i'm doing something okay. and it's hard to like yeah. convey yeah. that a lot um so i it's like it's super i guess like you know, it's nice to see you kind of just like embrace that role as like a listener. Like if something sounds good and like you've got it going and you've shaped it into, like you say, something that sounds like you, I mean, there's no need yeah. to like, like redirect that into something that it's not. Well, and, and that's also the, the fun challenge of, of doing improvisational shows is that, that really interesting tension where it's like everyone, no one here is, like who is creating things? Like we're all mm -hmm. literally hundred percent of us are in the audience right now. So like, what is happening? <laughs> you know, uh, like it's, it's really, it's really weird. And, and it's not like yeah. a, a cheap moment either. It's not, it's not like anyone is, is, uh, missing their cue or, or not doing yeah. their job. It's like, everyone's doing their job, but no one's doing anything. Right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so like that, 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 and you know, even the the most recent show we played, which was such a an honor to play the gatherings, you know, um, like I part part of it with Dave went. So D Dave played with me, which was very very fun. Yeah. Um, but I I we got all the stuff set up and ready for the show, but we didn't rehearse for the show. Like we got to the point where we could have rehearsed, and I was like, let's just not because like, i don't i don't want to like I, I i i we got to the point where we had the ableton session set up and we got our cues and whatever uh and i just i don't know my brain was just like i i think it would be more fun to just have on stage be the first time we do yeah. this actually yeah. um and and so i i i feel in my head simultaneously like that was really cool. And I'm glad we did that. And that went well, um, to like next time, like I, I want to challenge myself to pull back even more. Like, like yeah. 
that thing you're talking about is the thing I'm trying to do more of. And so the way this whole setup facilitates me just sitting there and listening, um, you know, is, is emblematic of whatever the thing I'm chasing is or, or, you know, trying to present. I mean, the show was amazing. It came off so well. Um, and I, I think too, another train of thought that kind of entered my head as you were talking there is that, you know, you're a, you're a solo performer as, as, as Andy Othling, as lowercase noises. Um, you played this show with Dave, um, obviously. So you were a, a duo for that one, but I'm, I'm thinking too about how many people in our little sphere have a background playing with bands, um, playing with other people. Um, and that role of the listener that we have to play sometimes, it, we don't always have that opportunity as like, you know, ambient noodlers in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're kind of like responsible yes. for creating all the sound and there's like less of an opportunity to interact with other humans who are making noise. Yeah. Is that part of your kind of influence at all is do you have history performing like with bands and and if so like do you find that that kind of informs the way that you are willing to step back and listen to the parts that your pedal board is playing for instance and then respond to that is that part yeah. of the, the flow for you or does it not enter your i mean that's an interesting no it's a no it definitely does that's a, it's just an interesting question because i i remember so many times uh fighting with myself internally uh in in band situations um n not like about what i was playing but but kind of like bummed about how i wasn't able to split my focus between the things we're talking about because like at, you know as the guy playing the guitar it's like man I, I was i was so focused on that and and you know the whatever i need to do and my tone and whatever that that like I never could get into the thing that we're doing as a whole. And like, um, you know, I, I have a background in, in some worship stuff. So there's some of that is, is that, but that it, that's not the whole of it. Like even, um, playing it, playing in other bands outside of the church or whatever, there's always been this weird <clears throat> internal where I'm like, I end up sort of disappointed in myself for not being able to fully enjoy those two aspects. But because of, of uh the way this stuff is set up and because of i mean i guess just the genre itself like uh that's promoted you know yeah and, and you know I, i've said this a lot before like I, you know i had my different guitar playing periods i had my blues rock period i had my 80s shredder <laughs> period um i just got bored with all that and and for whatever reason this stuff it, i'm not bored yep um and there's a there's a big irony there, and I really enjoy that irony. I don't attempt to describe it; I just laugh at it, <laughs> which I think is is fun. And I feel like a lot of us are are there, you know. Yep. Um, this is both both the most meaningful thing I do and, and completely worthless, and I think that's funny and cool, you know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. Yeah. So. Do you do you <laughs> consider yourself a guitarist? Like, is that what you're? Th is that like how you would like explain to people what you do? Yes. Is it like a key? Yeah. Yes, because that's be because that's like my starting point. Like again, it's like 
it's like I, you know, as a, as a thirty a thirty seven year old man, it's like I just I know how to play the guitar and I know guitar <laughs> pedals. That's just like what I got now. Um, so I, you know, I yeah, I, I'm a guitarist. I would say that's my primary thing, but like that that doesn't tell the whole picture for sure because yeah, there's even this whole other aspect where, uh, you know, my my technological and kind of computer science background is all coming back around now. Yep. And I'm, and I'm like finding myself being like, man, you know, I had, I thought I would never deal with this crap <laughs> again, you know, even though I got, this was my degree, uh, that there was a part of me that's like, man, I'm never, I'm never going to do that shit anymore. But, and now I'm coming back around to it from a pure interest, uh, point. And it's just, you know, it's me laughing at myself being like, oh man, you know, be funny to come back and tell yourself like, nah, man, you're going to be looking up max for live stuff and learning the visual programming language. And, uh, you're going to wonder how to do if else statements in this <laughs> thing that you have to learn. Like <laughs> it's going to come back. Uh, so you funny. hit on a point I wanted to ask about, so I'm going to go there now, but you mentioned max for live. I know you've done some yes. work for chase bliss in setting up, uh, devices for control of their pedals. I know you've, you do a little bit of work with old blood too. I don't know if it's like quite as technical as that. Um, but it just seems like you have kind of like a, yeah. like a, a valuable skill set for those companies to be working with people like you, you know, you, it seems like you would have good perspective and opportunities for them to bounce ideas off of you, um, from the perspective of both a guitar player, um, as well as someone who plays the guitar in a not normal way. <laughs> and also yeah. as someone who's yeah. interested in technology and like it's, is fluent in technology as well. So yeah. do you think there's going to be more opportunities for you like that going forward? Um, like obviously if you're not at Liberty to discuss anything, like, are <laughs> no, you, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the answer is yes. I mean, it just like the trajectory is just like, it'd be silly to say no. Um, mm -hmm. And, and, you know, to be clear, I am, I'm on retainer with old blood noise, which is very cool. And I'm very thankful for, and and that just means like, you know, I, I get a certain amount of money every month and it means I'm, I'm available to them for kind of whatever they would want in, in these areas. So, yep. um, a lot of, a lot of it means I'm just like in their Slack server and I, I have, I have a whole, uh, thread called and Andy's idea hole in there, which is just like, <laughs> I just, I just, I have an idea and it's just like, I just throw it in there. And it's not like, you know, I'm I'm not a real employee. It's not like be like, oh, here's here's the thing to work on now. It's just like, you know, if, if any of this is interesting to you as a company, like here's a crazy idea. And, and you know, I don't I don't have any of the baggage of like, you know, I say all the time with them, I'm like, I don't know how much stuff costs. I don't know what is realistic in manufacturing. Uh I, I don't know about part parts and whatever. I don't know the hard about the electronic hardware that makes pedals work. I, I don't know. My brain doesn't really care about that. Um, but I, I know and care about everything else around, the, around it. Um, it's like the dream job. You're like a consultant basically. Yeah. Like yeah. A creative and, consultant. And exactly. And, and you know, I, I have been hesitant over the years because th these people became my really good friends first so i i've been really reluctant even to to uh partner with them in a in a business sense sure so, so that it doesn't sour because money uh, ruins everything 
Yes, uh, you know, I was specifically Brady Smith at Old Blood and and Joel at Chase Bliss. Like these two people are are my friends, and I've told them many times. Like, uh, if something comes up in a business thing, like I, I'm out of it to to because I value the relationship more more than. Uh, uh, yeah. So so I I've because of that I've always tried to like I don't I don't want to be full time. I don't want either of these friends of mine to be my actual boss. Uh, I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, but I do, I do like, like what you said and, and, you know, they, they seem to value, uh, my input for, for those reasons that you mentioned, because I, uh, play and, and because I can, I can at least fathom all the concepts that are going into a pedal to, to, to a level that, uh, you know, other people may not. And even just to like a, a, a UI standpoint, like what, what, what does, what, what can you do with controls on the face of a little box? Like there, there's only, uh, I've, I've had enough experience now where I'm like, Oh yeah, a lot of people just think you can do anything or, 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 <laughs> or don't think about, don't think through some UI choice. I'm like switches and not, you know, there's all these other, there's all these really interesting limitations in this industry that aren't the musical ones that, you know, I, I enjoy hearing about from the company but i also enjoy not being the one in charge of solving that problem like yep. you said i like i like being the idea guy we're like you know you can just completely ignore what i said that's fine you could uh run with it that's fine you do a little piece of it like and it's not going to hurt my feelings because again i don't know how <laughs> stuff works i don't know supply chain i don't know cost of this i just you know Sure. I, I come into it as kind of a dumb guy where i'll be like what if you just put another slider on there and they're like wow we can't you know, the guy asking for the one tweak and they're like, dude, that that will we'd have to push it back eight months for that. I'm like, oh, OK, well, I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Like, I was listening to that. Um, I was listening to the most recent episode of Object Worship with Eric, um, uh, art yes. director for Chase Bliss. And the way he was describing the problem of like w- like you were just talking about, like, what do you put on a label? How do you direct people's attention yeah. to the functionality of the pedal in like a smart way um, and an efficient way? It seems like you would be excellent input to that process, um, kind of shaping the decisions that happen there. Yeah. And I feel like, uh, I feel like I'm good when, when there's something that already exists in like, Hey, could you try this out and see, like, let me know what feels off. Like, I, I feel like that's where, I, if it's from, you know, a blank piece of paper, I'm like that, I, I don't know what I have for yeah. that, you know? <laughs> um, but like, f- for example, and you know, I can talk, Brady has talked openly about this. So like w- one of the things I'm beta testing right now for old blood noise is this new, uh, triple expression ramper. Mm. Um, so awesome. they had already put one out a couple of years ago, but this one is much more full featured, like syncable uh or unsynced and, and um tap in and out like all these features that everyone has always wanted and like momentary actions that i i always wanted from the ramper stuff um <clears throat> but i i they were kind of at a uh a, a stopping point with it because dan had sent over the prototype to the shop and like no one knew how to test it like no one <laughs> had a use case for it like like what well, you know how are they they kind of realize like we don't who do we have that's going to even want to go through all the features of this and whatever yeah, yeah. and so 
um, that that was kind of the right at the point where I came on board more uh, officially. And and first thing that they sent me this, and I I, I did the thing where I was like, "Whoo, okay, I, here's like way too many ideas." Like, and I know that of of things you could change and add to this. Um, and and I did have to follow up later and be like, Dan, by the way, I, no, not precious about literally anything here. Uh, not considering many of the things that need to be considered. So assuming a lot of this will be crossed off, just, you know, and he was like, okay, good, thanks. I didn't want to have to be the guy always saying, no, I'm just like, I don't care. I don't want to be in charge of that. And I don't want to have all my eggs in that basket. So it's kind of nice for me. Um, but yeah, I, I put a bunch of stuff in Slack and they were like, oh yeah, we could do like these couple of things make sense and, and we'll do that. And like, like, yeah, that was, that was great. Like I, right. I didn't have to start from zero for anything. It, I, I, uh, you know, just got to go way, be way over the top and know that whatever they chose to add to the product, uh, hopefully makes it better and more enjoyable for people to use. So that's all. That's awesome. Yeah. It, it sounds so cool. So I definitely wanted to dig into that a little bit and get kind of your perspective on how you've been working with those guys. Cause, um, seems like a yeah. kind of a perfect match. Um, for what you do yeah and and old blood noise is fun because they uh they have a lot of stuff they like want to do in the in the future so there, there's a lot of they're very responsive to sort of like bigger ideas you know kind of like like a lot of stuff i yeah. come to is is in the vein of like hey there's this whole group of people like we're not using pedals on the floor anymore like no. <laughs> we're not going to like a matrix mixer is like the nail in that coffin like i can't use this shit on the floor with my feet i'm not so it's like what does that mean for pedal creators can you what can you make if there is no uh if you let go of the use case of a foot smashing the top of it like <laughs> i think there's a lot you can do there is you know? there is so a lot yeah that that's that that's like my interest even in the industry as a whole is like i don't know i i see this weird maybe it's not a big niche i don't know but like it's definitely a niche that no one's really doing anything specifically for i think there's a lot of opportunity for it yeah and especially because you know as a as more of a synth player like i obviously have a history with bass guitar and like i used to smash pedals with my feet but i mean there's a i think these days at least in the circles that I know. I know more people using pedals with uh, synthesizers than I do with guitars. Um, I, I think there's a huge yeah. desktop. Or like outboard of their DAW right. too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And especially now when you talk about like Eurorack and modular like crossover there too, it, it seems yep. like a pretty ripe opportunity, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's fun to be at the I don't know, maybe the forefront or something. I don't know. Yeah. But just to be definitely throwing those ideas out there. Pretty fun. So I'm going to throw a curveball and take us out of the music yeah. gear conversation and focus on where you are right now. You're in Albuquerque. Um, and Albuquerque, of, New Mexico. Yeah. One of my, uh, one of the um, jokes that you always share is that you hate how bands will skip over Albuquerque and 
jump over to Phoenix <laughs> or go up to Denver or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Phoenix, Phoenix day off Dallas. Oh, cool. I know. Well, I know where you are that day. Right. All the but, uh, Breaking Bad jokes yeah. and stuff like that. But uh, oh yeah, like I'm I'm interested to know and how because I've talked about this with um, Matt Kidd, our mutual friend in the past. Like yes. the music that you make kind of suits the environment. You think about Albuquerque, you have to go there to see it and get a sense of like the vastness yep. of the desert. Um, and so when you yes. do visit a place like that, I do think it makes a lot of sense that you would make the kind of music that you make. I'm curious to hear you talk about your geographic location and, and if it affects at all the way that you make your music or if it has any kind of influence on the sounds that you're producing. Because if I were to like pluck you out of Albuquerque and then place you in New York City, for <laughs> instance, like would that sound still be the same or would you be approaching your music the same way? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the obvious answer is, is it absolutely affects affects it. Yeah. And um, you know, I've I've lived here since I was in second grade, so that was 1992. Mm. Yep. That my family moved to Albuquerque, so it's been it's been a long time. And like, um, you know, Matt Matt does he loves to mention that that <laughs> I I sound like New Mexico, and it, it's just interesting because like I I don't have as much of a grasp on that because because it's been so long and because uh and because i i do really like it here like i haven't i've never been one of those like oh man i'm just itching to get out of the old hometown you know it's like i as much as i travel i'm always like man it's great to visit all these places but i i i'm <laughs> looking forward to going home um but yeah the 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 high desert so the other thing i always say to people is like yeah Denver's Mile High City, Albuquerque is too. It's the same elevation. Uh, yep. It is, it is very nice. So even though we are a southern state, uh, the climate's very nice, very dry. Uh, we are huge babies about humidity <laughs> at all. Um, but, but yeah, no, you're, you're completely right. Like Albuquerque is the biggest city here by far. But the, the other thing I always say about it is it's like pretty much from any point in the city if you drive 45 minutes in any direction you are literally in the middle of nowhere yeah um yep you can't see the city you can see mountains in distance but you, nothing and and literally i'm not making that up any direction there are no there are some suburb kind of things uh but it it goes away very quickly and there's just the i mean breaking bad did a good job of of portraying what it looks like here yep um and, and that kind of vastness but I do, I do feel like the, the landscape and, and the, the vibe or whatever here is, is like a thing that I hold on to. It's like, I, I, I do need to be here. I need yeah that space. Um, I've always enjoyed art that makes me feel small. You know, I early on, like my mom is, is a, is a painter, like a pastel artist and looking through her art books, I was always in love with uh apparently the the romantic period where it's just massive massive uh landscapes and whatever and just like that <laughs> tiny person right there like yeah the the point is to feel like it and you know learning that a lot of people are like ah that makes me feel really uncomfortable i'm like oh that's interesting right yeah. that fills me with that feels like i'm calming down a little bit to feel like that tiny little speck you know um and i think you know i i think albuquerque uh, gives that to me on on a on a real level. It's like 
uh, you know, when you w- earlier you were asking about what uh, direction wall Dave is on versus me in this room, <laughs> it's like I had to be like, oh, the mountains are that way. So like this is north. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the the mountains are just like this thing that it's like it's never leaving your sight. You can see it from all all points of the city um, because of the desert. There's no uh obstructing uh rolling hills or, or trees it's just like this massive uh mountain range coming up um and then like we uh in 2020 we moved from kind of outside of the city in the mountains to uh right in the city um and it's really cool because we're we are uh a 5 minute bike ride from the Rio Grande River mm. so we're like in one of the small in one of the kind of greener areas um but i mean that that's just this little sliver like uh near the river yep um and everything else is that kind of expansive desert and and yeah i you know i I feel like someone like you or matt could probably speak better to how that affects my music like i i feel like i can only speak to it being absolutely essential to me uh, and yeah, I, I, I can't imagine being in Brooklyn trying to do anything, to be honest. I would just, uh, I, I don't know. Visiting New York and Brooklyn is so fun, but that is a yeah another world. To totally. Me. Yeah, I mean, out here on the East Coast, like you talked about, you've got mountains visible. We have skyscrapers visible from every direction. And it's just like not quite the same. But Yeah, see, and we... We don't, we can't get our buildings that high. Cause it's like, are you sure you don't want to expand outward first? Like yeah. you can go outward as far as you want. Like we don't need to go up yet. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I guess too, it's just, it's kind of refreshing to hear someone speak about like writing music for, like in their home, like in their hometown, not like, because I guess there's like this romantic ideal of like, you know, the small town musician like leaves and goes to the big city, like New York, whatever, and LA. And then they yeah. write like retroactively about their hometown. And like, they talk about like the, you know, the influence that it had on them and all that stuff. But like, you know, you're like, you're there and you're in it and you're happy. And like, <laughs> it, I don't know. It's just like kind of nice yeah. to like not hear about that for a change. And like you say, it is kind of just like an integral part of you because it's just where you are. I just, I just, I don't know. I find that kind of yeah. fascinating. I like knowing about well, people's I, context and location and geography and things like yeah. that. So, and, and like, I, I feel like a loser for saying, uh, talking about my home and my interest rate <laughs> that I got, but like the, the, I, the, the, like swear to God, if if I'm wanting a little pick me up or something, I'll like go look at Zillow and see how much value my home oh, has gained yeah. since 2020. That's uh. like a thing that will always lift my spirits. <laughs> so I feel like an asshole for kind of bringing this up, but like I'm not lying when I say I'm at the point in my life as a 36 year old, 37, whatever. Uh, I think I'm almost. I, I I still I told uh, someone at the wrong age the other day. I still don't know how old late, I am. <laughs> nice. Yeah, late 30s uh and I'm I'm I've purchased my home that I I I want to stay here. Like we got a 30-year mortgage and I'm like, "Sweet, sounds yeah. good. I would I'm happy to be here for that amount of time." And like, that's a rare thing. And I'm I'm doing what I want ostensibly. Uh, I like I I tell people often it's like all I want from life is to keep doing the thing. Like I don't 
I don't have any crazy big dreams or goals anymore. Like I'd love to redo my bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> but like that's I can't think crazier than that almost. Like I don't I don't even want more gear. Uh, the space that I'm in, I don't want it to be bigger because I know that would be more stressful for me. The space I was previously in, I, I paid to build out and it was very big two room setup and I prefer where I'm at now in just a single room. That's half a size. I mean, that's the um, PDA, right? So that's like, yeah, I mean, it, totally. Absolutely. But it, it feels insane to be able to say like, I like there's not a ton of functional difference between me and like a retired guy uh i just have to keep you know every day i wake up and be like what do i want to do today and i'm the only one who gets the answer to that question uh i i have a little more to think about than the retiree uh but but i will uh, you know i will take those chances or, or whatever i'll deal with it i mean i a there's like a lot of to me like I said this um, in my interview with Tom, like we were Tom Mellick, Benoit Pillard. We were talking about his like very simple yeah. setup and just like, you know, this is what I use and this is what I do. And like, I'm at peace with that. And there's a lot of like, like yeah. freedom that comes when you accept the fact that like, this is who I am. Um, <laughs> and yeah. I don't think enough people are like ready to do that um, or willing to do that. Yeah. You know, and again, that's me that I've been going to therapy for almost five years now. And like that, this, this is all tied into that. Cause I, you know, again, looking back at the PDA thing, like I, I have a drive to need to know, uh, the why for everything. Like you think of a toddler just asking why, like <laughs> that's literally what I'm doing. Like for, for, for every action, it's like, oh, I'm paying taxes. Well, why? what is happening with them? I like, I care about what happened, like, uh, theological things or, or business things like the people I'm working with. It's like, why are you making money? Like why, why? And it's yep. not like these, I'm having these conversations directly. It's stuff I glean where it's like, I'm, I'm in this group because it's like, I, I see that they care about the why, uh, there's a bigger picture thing in, involved more than just sort of like a capitalistic uh, you know, line go up situation. It's like, I'm watching these people wrestle with, with uh, how to treat their employees better versus the, the bottom line of the money. Right. It's like, uh, I, I respect it. I, I, it sounds like a nightmare to me. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I don't really know why I got off on this tangent, but, uh, no, I, I love it though. Cause I, I think it's actually, it kind of hammers home why I think, we get along so well because like I personally, again, going back to that <laughs> like process thing and like, that's literally what I'm paid to do in my day job. And that's why I, I sort of am ashamed to admit it, but like, I kind of like my job because I am paid to ask why, like to everyone I meet, why are you doing yeah. things this way? And what is the purpose of doing it this way? And how can it be done better? Or how can we get to a better yeah. place with this? So I don't know. I think it's instructive. I think it's good to like step back and think about how do you approach things? Because I also think that comes through in your music too. And in your, even like your equipment, sure. your equipment yeah. choices, like why am I bothering with things? I don't that like weigh me down. I'm just going to focus on, I'm a, I'm a pedal yeah. guy. I'm okay with that. Like, I'm just gonna go with it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I've even, another thing I've had to have myself be okay with is like, not only am I a pedal guy, but like, 
that that shit's going to be changing for the rest of my life. There is no there is no like end point or like I mean so many guitarists I look up to are like like Tom Morello has nine different versions of the same pedal board across the country so he doesn't have to <laughs> I'm like I'm 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 just not going to be like that. Yeah. You know, I'm not yeah. going to have the Andy Offing pedal board or whatever. So it's just like embracing that thing the the just entirety of change in the whole yeah. thing. Exactly. Well, how about I ask you one more question here while I've got you. What's the next creative frontier for you at this point? Like, do you, are you ready to commit? (laughs) I love it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Jump, (laughs) jump right in. Yeah. Well, well, uh, I mean, so it's been so fun. I feel like it's, uh, it's probably been the last year and a half maybe is like I've gotten back into, I mean, back into, I don't know. I like, I've always, uh, I always struggled in school. Not, I I got very good grades, but I was always just felt the tension of like, I hate people telling me what to do. And that's all school is. Right. But (laughs) I'm coming back around to be like, Oh no, here's something I want to learn. And I have the drive to go, uh, learn it. So um, you know, we, we talked about Max for live a little bit, Max MSP. So that's this like visual, uh, coding language that once it kind of clicked with me, I was like, Oh, I like, I like this concept of, of just visual coding in general. Like it's, you know, I understand the, the text programming part, but, uh, now, now that kind of workflow makes sense to my brain. I'm like, Oh, I actually really like that a lot. So, um, Max for live has or or max msp has a lot of cool stuff um that i've primarily primarily used for midi control of other things so like the plugins you mentioned um that i have done for chase bliss are midi controller plugins of their pedals and alongside that i mean you're aware of my interest in sort of like a a visual element for for some of this right this stuff like both for live performances as like I'd like to provide something else to look at other than me hunched over a, a yeah, board. Yep. Um, and, and, but, but I'm also just very interested in that in and of itself. So I, long story short is that I've been um, slowly kind of learning this, this visual uh, programming language, uh, called, this software called touch designer. Mm, yep. So it's like, um, visual programming, but for for video stuff. Is that is that at all related to OSC Touch Designer? Am I thinking of something different? I think it's it's different. No, this this is more like a straight up. I mean, I don't even know how you describe it, but it's a real time video processing, like modular video processing mm. software platform. Gotcha. So okay, um, and again, I'm still learning because like I don't know, uh, you know, all all the stuff that goes into visuals and graphics there's a lot there that's kind of new to me but at the core of it um once i kind of understood about the software and saw how it was similar to kind of max msp and like oh you want a circle well you get the circle object and then you drag it to the other (laughs) object it's like whoa it's like it's that easy like that's great but so the the thing i've been doing with it is uh you know i have this kind of use case in my head where um we're we're talking about this generative music thing, which I I feel, uh, 
I feel satisfied at the moment with my sure. my abilities. Yep. Like I'm I'm not I'm not experimenting in that realm at this time. I'm just enjoying what what I do in it. And so this video realm is more where I've sort of shifted my experimenting. And so um literally tomorrow morning I'm being delivered a a projector mount. So I'm going to mount my projector so it projects directly onto mm. my pedal board um and and the back wall and with the goal of coming up with uh you know using the same processes that we've been talking about and i've been using for years but but in this other realm to be like oh i i'm dynamically lighting up things on the pedal board i i've i've projection maps each pedal and so when they do a thing it physically lights up like the whole thing does because it's projection maps or just doing uh there's a lot of people just straight up doing generative art in this software they're like oh we we generated some noise layers and warped them and displaced them like this and now we've got this cool ro just rotating <laughs> random sphere with a cool texture on it like that that hits a lot of mm. buttons for me yeah. you know yep um so that that that's where my interest is at the moment so i i feel like i'm i'm the problem i'm currently trying to solve is how can i present these uh, uh gen generative ambient pieces visually without being like nah, <laughs> I, that's boring <laughs> and, and that's yeah. personally because yeah. like I, I i can set up a camera and film the pedal board and like no oh, it's making this right now sound right. like i that that's not yeah. enough for me uh so like my I, my brain is left unsatisfied with that so this is my my attempt to and, and again the, the 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 end of this process will be I just press go and film a video, and and it looks like there will be no post processing. This yeah. is all real time generative. Uh, you know I have reactive based on audio stuff, of course. Um, so yeah, it's just me me based on what I now know about myself, being able to look at this thing and say, oh, that hits all these boxes. Like I want to know this. Um, I'd be excited about how to leverage it in literally everything else I do. Um, to, I mean, both like for the live shows, it would be sick for creating just videos on YouTube, which I'm trying to get back to. Like, I feel like my brain has this threshold of like, oh, if you want to get back on there, it's got to <laughs> be like a certain level of, and I don't even have the criteria for what the level is. It's just like, I know that I'm unsatisfied with my current ideas. So I'm, I'm, seeing what i'm interested in i'm i'm trying to learn it <laughs> and and that's oh man yeah i it. can definitely i mean i can see the potential there and it does make sense um again for the uninitiated like if you see andy play a show there are audio there there are projected you know video elements of the show that do react to the audio that he's playing and it's like a very yeah yeah i feel like every show i've done with you there's been some yes. aspect of that even when it was both when it's completely made up or, or completely to to uh track or no whatever. but it like tracks it tracks perfectly like that would be an area of interest for you because i think you've kind of been ahead of the game and thinking about that at least it, compared to like most people that i see in this space i people will kind of just like throw up stock footage or you know a, like a looping layer or something like that but yeah. i think there are really creative ways especially in this space the like more experimental ambient realm 
that video can really enhance a show, um, making it a true audio visual type of experience. And and being able to, I would like to be able to say like, I'm not a jack of all trades, I guess, but like I, I took the video thing seriously and like, you know, I, I have a certain level, like when I, you know, when I play shows, like I don't, uh, and again, I can't really verbalize what, what exactly the (laughs) threshold is other than I will know when it feels good enough. Um, but you know, I want, I want to be able as much as possible to it when I, when my brain does say, Oh, here's a physical, actual technical thing we'd like to achieve that then I can do it. (laughs) Cause like my, my PDA brain will come up with a lot of like, Oh, here's what we want to do. But then I'll kind of rebel against myself. It's like, well, this you want to do that? It's going to require a little yeah. bit of actual work. Like, do you want to do that? And then my brain will be like, yes, we actually want to do this so bad that we mm-hmm. will learn something mm-hmm. we, that is acceptable <laughs> at this time. Um, that That's how I feel like I've learned yeah. how my brain works. So I'm working with it rather than against it. I'm not trying to uh, beat my brain into submission and be like, sure. we need to figure out how to sit down for an hour and write songs every day. And, blah, blah, blah. you know, I'm just, I'm going the exact opposite direction saying, all right, yeah. brain, what do you want? Yep. <laughs> what do you want to do? What's going to make you stop yelling at me or, or whatever. And then let's just do yeah. it. Uh, and that's kind of the whole right. thought process. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I wish, God, maybe we'll have to do a part two. Cause there's like a th- thousand other things I want to ask you based on what you've been saying. But um, I only have so much time. I'm down. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll do that. Maybe we'll have to do a follow up at some point. Um, but this has been, please. Yeah, I, I mean, so on on the podcast I do, we talk a lot behind the scenes of like, wow, can we like yeah. have people back on? And I'm just like, I'm a huge proponent of just like, just let people yeah. get back on there. Who cares? Nobody, no, nobody cares. cares. It, I yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it. Um, this like triggered a lot of thoughts and it was really uh, mentally stimulating to think about. Um, I have a lot of notes that I took on the side here, so we'll definitely have to do a follow-up session. I think um, problem. If I could please just say do, one, I was about one to last say thing. before we it's, hang up here, um, please, uh, you know, say whatever you want, plug whatever you want, do your thing. I, all, all I want to say is, is uh, I just want to make sure people, uh, Think about falling out of a coconut tree. I want people to think about how many of them uh, don't even understand that we exist in the context of all in which we live and uh, all that came before us. So that's what I wanted to kind of end with. Um, Beautifully, beautifully stated. That's okay. And that gives me a perfect excuse to plug Uh a coconut tree meme into the uh, Substack article that will follow here. (laughs) Yes. 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 Thank you for doing that. (laughs) All right, Andy. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Sound Methods. Please check out the show notes or the Substack page for more information on Andy's music and how you can support it. See you next time.